Welcome back to another Sebastian Lane Live. We actually have a special guest on tonight. Um, he's been doing this way longer than me and Dave. Um, very knowledge. Uh, somebody I've been following for quite some time. Excited for this, um, especially with everything that's going on right now in college football. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him on, let him introduce himself. Um, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. How's it going, man? It's going great, and I uh, tell you what, it's it's been busier than you can imagine. You guys know that, and between my uh, my real job, which is recruiting, our recruiting football basketball service, and uh, coaches are starting to call, and uh, kids are starting to call, and <laughs> between that and conference realignment and NIL and all that stuff, I mean, it's just nuts. And got a football season here in a couple weeks. Um, so real quick, man, before we start going, um, let it, let the followers know, you know, for ones that are on, listening on podcasts and stuff like that, who you are, where you're from, like how long you've been doing this stuff, and you know where they can uh, follow you and everything. Yeah, Greg Swaim is uh, my name. I've been doing this since 1988 when I was in grad school at Oklahoma State and uh, started. I did my uh, my master's thesis on basketball recruiting and where players came from and why and all the social reasons and things like that. And uh, while I was in grad school, some college coaches uh, started reading my stuff and they kind of thought that was cool. A couple of them said, hey, how do I get my master's degree in this? And I set them up with Dr. Rooney, my advisor, who's kind of the father of uh, sports geography. And so uh, Hoop Scoop out of Louisville, Kentucky, Clark Francis got hold of me, and I started writing for him, uh, covered a lot of recruiting, and then I kind of got, you know, met so many coaches that liked it and uh, said, you got to start your own service. And so I've been doing that since 88 in the radio and uh, some TV, although I got a face for radio, definitely. I've been doing that since 88. We're going to uh, be starting our podcast on YouTube here uh, probably middle of the month, so about Oh, next week, actually. It's coming up pretty quick. And looking forward to all that. And uh, But but Twitter's my main social media uh, page. So folks want to find me out there. It's just G Swaim. Rhymes with AIM. G-S-W-A-I-M, like in Mike. For sure, man. We appreciate it. I'm excited. Um, been following you for quite some time. And one of the, obviously one of the OGs in the game. Uh, so definitely a blessing to have you on. We appreciate this a lot. Um, so we want to jump into kind of what's going on because you're right in the middle of it. Big, big 12 country, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, moving to the SEC. Country realignment. What, like, in your idea, do you feel like this is a good thing for college football? Do you kind of may not be going in a good positive way? What's your take on this whole realignment? Well, I mean, I think we all kind of have an idea of where it's going with two, maybe three super conferences of uh, roughly 24 to 2018. I mean, that just sounds nuts because I don't know how you could even have a conference over 18 eh? or even 20. I mean, unless you have just two two divisions, let them play each other, then the winners play in the uh, championship game. That might be the way to do it. But we're going to lose a lot of teams with good fan bases that may not have a lot of money. Um, you know, I, I don't know my, I don't know my alma mater is going to be safe when all said done Oklahoma state. And, you know, when Oklahoma and Texas left, we thought the conference was dead. 
Uh, you know, they've been fortunate. Uh, and now it's the Pac-12 who died. I mean, if you'd have told me a year ago, maybe right before USC and UCLA left, that, uh, or maybe even two years ago, that the Big 12 was not only going to thrive, uh, survive, but thrive, and that, uh, you know, that the Pac-12 was going to disintegrate after 100 and was 107 years, 117 years, something like that, just nuts. Uh, th what's going on right now, obviously, is unprecedented. What happened on Friday, uh, you know, the Pac-12 people call it a Black Friday, which I get that. It was the end of 100 and whatever years of their conference. And so it's it's not good. Uh, you know, Big 12 territory, which used to be old Big 8, we had Oklahoma and uh, Nebraska every year. Well, you know, if you're not Oklahoma and Nebraska, but you're one of the Big 8, you like to see those two teams play. Same thing, you know, for the Big 10. Uh, with You know, it's always going to be Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, it was the same in the pack. You know, when you, USC is going, nobody's going to touch USC in the West. And so uh, in, you got three or four teams in the SEC. It's the same teams over and over again. So in some ways it might be good. But when you've got Rutgers making more money than uh, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, we got something really, really wrong, and it's going to get need to get fixed. Right. So, you know, um, looking at a situation like you just said, like the Big 12 kind of caught everybody out of left field. Um, the teams they added, what is your take? Like, do you think that conference now could, you know, become a – college football powerhouse, you know, with Utah and um, the likes of, like, Colorado if Dion gets a role in and TCU and Baylor and Oklahoma State? Or do you think they will play third fiddle to, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten? Well, they don't have the star power. Obviously, when Oklahoma and Texas left, uh, the Big 12, and, you know, I'm a big, big 12 area guy, so I can say this, there's no star power, you know? Now, there's a lot of – if you if you rate them like you rate girls – you know, like when I was your age, you know, we rate girls sometimes. I mean, it, it's sexist, and you know, nowadays you probably get in trouble for that kind of stuff. But it was pretty common back then. We'd sit there about this time of year when all the sorority girls were going through rush, and we would uh, put up our eight point eight and seven point six. And I mean, you get in a lot of trouble for that now. But back in the early eighties, that's what we did. So, but you rate teams like that. Uh, you know, obviously the Big Ten. Uh, the ACC, the SEC, they've got some teams that are like nines and tens, right? Not many, but they've got some. And they've got a bunch of teams like Vanderbilt and Rutgers and uh, I don't know who, uh, Wake Forest, although Wake Forest has been pretty good the last couple of years. But you know what I mean? They've got some really bad teams in those conferences too, whereas the Big 12, they really aren't going to have any bad teams, but they're not going to have any great teams either. They're going to have a bunch of sevens and eights at the top and a bunch of fives and sixes at the bottom, and which makes every game, you know, pretty competitive. Over a 10-year span, you may have, uh, gosh, what are they, 16 teams now? You may have 10 teams to a dozen teams that make it to the championship game in a 10-year span. I mean, it's that even. And what they lack in the star power that the SEC has at the top and what the Big Ten has at the top you've got really uh, a, a lot of great games. I mean, let's be real honest. I mean, if you got Alabama playing uh, 
Vanderbilt, you know, are you going to get excited about that Alabama game? Or are you going to get excited maybe about, oh, a number 12 Oklahoma State hosting a number 10 TCU? And the winner of that is probably going to go to the championship game and get to the playoffs. So I, what the Big 12 is going to lack compared to the other conferences, they certainly are going to have more exciting games, more parity. And, of course, you know, everybody's talking about, well, we're going to the NFL plan eventually, you know, some people think. Well, what's the NFL built on? Parity. They want parity in that. That that is their biggest goal is for every team to be about the same. Well, that's what you got, the Big 12. And, you know, that's going to be more exciting football than, say, Alabama and uh, Vanderbilt, right? Right. No, definitely. Um, you know, when you look at, like, USC and UCLA going – and now Washington, Oregon, going to the Big Ten, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, going to the SEC – do you think that will kind of change how those conferences have been dominated by Ohio State for like a decade and now Michigan? Do you think now to, you know, kind of even the playing field at least some, you know, where you, I can kind of say it'll be a little parody? Or do you think it'll still kind of be the Alabamas and Georgias running the SEC and, you know, Ohio State and, and Michigan battling it out? What, what is your take on some of these star powers going over, like in it changing the landscape now of how those conferences have typically been? Well, you know, blue bloods are blue bloods for a reason. When you're like Michigan, for instance, and you see the 110,000 every game, and most other schools on average have about 45 to maybe 50,000 a game. And think about the revenue over a period of time. And then you add in, you know, it, the TV packages they have in the Big Ten. And why is that? You know, somebody asked me the other day, well, you know, the SEC is always thought of as the top conference. Why do they make so much less than the Big Ten? Well, the reason is you look at the Big Ten schools, what their alumni, living alumni bases are. I mean, everybody made fun of them for taking Rutgers, and I did too. But look at what Rutgers and even UCLA, I had no idea until they took UCLA last year. Their alumni base is one of the top 10 in the country. They, you know, it, it's going to be state schools that graduate, you know, a ton of kids uh, have on-campus uh, populations of around 80,000. I mean, that blows away the rest of the country. Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota, Rutgers. I mean, those folks over a period of time with so many people on campus graduating, their alumni base is ridiculous. And more alumni means more eyeballs watching them on TV, whether they suck or not. And obviously, Rutgers, Rutgers does. But you know what? They're the state school of New Jersey, and they have a ton of alums that, you know, they're flipping the channels. They might be watching uh, LSU Alabama or Miami and Clemson or something like that. But uh, in reality, they're going to want to watch the best games and, and you're going to watch your own album monitor, all things being equal. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm going to watch Oklahoma state, even if they're terrible. And cause that's where I went to school and that's, you know, I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into that, that university, but you know, everybody who graduated from university feels the same way about their school. And so even on the West coast as bad as their attendance was as little as they care. I feel bad for the people who do care. There's not as many of them, but I feel really bad for them. Gotcha. So, you know, obviously we're we're both Miami fans, and kind of sitting back watching how the ACC is flowing. I, I, you know, I don't really 
there's no tell of what's going on. They're kind of back and forth in limbo. When you look at what they're doing by possibly at looking at Stanford and Cal, um, you know, you see Florida State being very vocal. Obviously, Miami, Clemson, USC making it known that they want to leave possibly as well. Where do you see the ACC's future? Um, do you see it kind of paired maybe with somebody like out west, like the Mountain West or some or AAC or do you see it standing strong and adding some teams like SMU who's been saying some stuff here the last day or two? Where do you see the ACC and how, how it ended up? Well, I'll answer your question, but I'll also ask you guys kind of the same thing since you're there. Uh, you know, we got on this, this Florida State thing pretty early. We've got some really good uh, Florida State, you know, sources and kind of let us know, hey, you know, we're real unhappy here. We're not the only ones. There's six other schools, Miami being one of them, obviously, that want to make some money, maybe get out of this deal. And uh, I think it's going to happen. And the reason is, and the ACC's kind of let me know it's going to happen, because why on earth would they go after SMU and uh, Stanford and Cal, which I don't even know is going to happen. But right. the fact that they've already vetted them and already gone through that process – that tells me the ACC is starting to panic. They just saw what happened to uh, – if you get a really bad deal on your TV deal, what happens to to the Pac-12? Well, it's gone. So the ACC folks, I've got to think, they're sitting there going, gosh, we are in a real bad situation. We're locked in this bad deal with ESPN for another, what, 15 years, whatever it is, ridiculous. Here's the deal, guys. Listen, Miami – Florida State, Clemson, it doesn't matter. Everybody in that conference is over a 10 to 12-year span going to make a half billion with a B, a half billion less than Rutgers. What's wrong with this picture? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, we, we've been hearing this now, I think, a little around a year um, that, you know, we were kind of looking to get out um, we were one of the first ones that kind of threw it on the table that, hey, we need to look at some other options if y'all aren't going to kind of make some adjustments to this this financial situation. Um, you know, and you need, I think it's seven, um, and Notre Dame has a vote as well. Um, and I think yeah, it has, doesn't, it, doesn't it have to be eight? Because you have to have half, and with Notre Dame, it's 15. They're voting members, so if you get eight, it, well, seven, we already know who the seven are. I keep pairing Louisville's number eight. Yeah. And when that happens, it's all over but the crime for the ACC. And, and I've got to think, guys, there's no other reason to add SMU or Cal or Stanford to the ACC. First of all, those, those three programs aren't really a good fit for the ACC. They're really not a good fit for anybody but the Pac-12. Right. Uh, you talk about snobbery. We've been dealing with these guys for about a year now as the, as the Big 12 tried to poach a couple of those Pac-12 teams. Right. You have no idea. You may if you read my Twitter stuff. Some of the crap we get from them, like they think that they are, you know, Alabama in football and they think they're Harvard in, in academics, and they're neither, and that's why they're done. They asked for a $50 million deal. And nobody was going to give them even half that. Yeah. And that's why they're in this situation. The ACC is a little different because 
you're already locked in your contract, but it's a bad contract. Right. And you can't you, look Miami and Clemson and uh, Florida State teams that have competed for national championships and still want to compete. You can't be a half million dollars in the hole over the next decade to Rutgers of Maryland. It just right. can't happen. That's why everybody goes, well, why is Florida State, you know, why are they flexing their muscles and pissing off the rest of the ACC? I go, I don't know if it's that so much. I think, you know, they're kind of taking this, the bull by the horns on this one. But in reality, those other six schools and maybe seven schools are just as pissed off about the deal. They're just not as vocal about it. Right. So, you know, as we, let's just say the, the conference, Miami, Clemson, USC, and Florida State end up heading out. Where do you think Miami would fit best? You know, obviously it's in Florida, it's in the South, you know, but being in a big city and kind of having a lot of alumni up in the Northeast, you know, you can see the Big Ten as well. Where would you see, you know, can see, where can you see Miami heading um, and Florida State and Clemson? Like, where would you see those schools fitting best in conference? Well, I know where they want to go. I mean, everybody kind of wants to play in the SEC, but – I think Miami, by getting their uh, AAU accreditation recently, I think the handwriting's on the wall. Uh, if the ACC breaks up, I think they're a Big Ten member. And the Big Ten's making a lot more money in the SEC right now. As good as the SEC is, probably a little bit harder to win because you've got Alabama and all those schools here. But the Big Ten's no easy, easy peasy either. I mean, it's you know Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Now you got USC, who's – probably going to be a big dog for a while, uh, at least until Lincoln Riley leaves for the NFL, which, by the way, could be after this year. Uh, so we'll see on that. But it, it, he's not happy about the movement. That's why he left Oklahoma. He didn't want to go to the SEC. So right. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, you guys are probably too young to remember back when Miami was just the terror of NCAA football, and uh, they were a lot of fun to watch back then. But I think they can get back there. I mean, you've got that great recruiting base. Your NIL has been off the charts. And, uh, yeah, I think Miami's getting ready to probably hit it up again to be a powerhouse. I got you, man. I'm going to pass on my co-host, man, and let him chop it up with you as well. Yeah. First of all, I appreciate you saying that I'm too young to remember when Miami was that good because I'm going to. Well, you sound young to me. Okay. Thank you. Like I said, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to take that. and I appreciate it. Um, So college football, you know, last few years, if you go back five years and look now, you probably wouldn't even recognize it with, you know, NIL and conference realignment, the playoff system, uh, transfers, a lot of moving parts, a lot of different things. NIL seems like we just kind of heard about it. It's coming. And then we woke up one day and pow, it was here. Like it was just, uh, you didn't really see any, a lot of rules and regulations. It's sort of the wild west and kind of thrown out there. What are your thoughts on the NIL process, how it's affecting the game, the recruiting and kind of, you know, what would you look at as far as trying to regulate some things and sort of get some, you know, clarity to, to, to kind of how things are done with that. Well, I, I don't know if you guys remember about three or four years ago when they started talking about the NIL and they had the old Bannon case, which kind of blew it open with the Supreme Court and all that. Um, and now you can pay players legally and things like that. But it is so out there. I mean, you know, one guy might get uh, 
a, a free uh, coupon to Wendy's or something, and the star quarterback's driving around, you know, a $100,000 vehicle. So, but that's always gone on. We know that. That's gone on back when I was in college and way before that. You pay the best players, you know, you just keep it under the table. Well, now it's legal, and I don't have a problem with it. But what I would like to do is have some regulations, as you mentioned. I think we're going to get that. One of the guys who's on the uh, Senate committee is, oh, gosh, what's his name? He coached at uh, Auburn and then uh, Texas Tech and Cincinnati. Oh, Tuberville. Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville. Yeah, because he's a United States senator right now. So he's a good guy to have on that, obviously, because he knows where all the bodies are buried. But (laughs) it's one of those things that – you can't really put the genie back in the bottle or the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, so it's going to be there for a while, but I, I, I'm the same way in basketball as I've always been in football. It's like, okay, here's the deal, guys. Coming out of high school, you're a superstar. You want to go play. Maybe let's have uh, the USFL or whatever these new leagues are. That can be your you, – you start out there, and if you're good enough, you get the NFL. Basketball – you know, they used to have guys come right out of high school like Kobe Bryant, some of those guys. Uh, LeBron James came right out of high school. There aren't many of those guys, but they have the G League now and they have overseas and all that. So my deal is you come out, let's have, get away if it is a football bat at baseball. If you're going to play college athletics, you're going to do it for three years. You're locked in. And if you're not, hey, go play pro ball. That's the way I see it. And then if you go, you know, if you come to college and play three years, you're going to get a stipend, but it ain't going to be a brand new Lincoln or anything like that. Right. Um, kind of the same thing as far as uh, the transfer portal. It seems like that thing gets more crowded every year. Uh, there's not a whole lot of criteria there. You're not happy. You can go. Uh, you're not going to start. You can leave, that sort of thing. But it seems like there needs to be some kind of cap or something regulated there. Do you have thoughts on that and kind of what you would like to see there going forward? Yeah, I, I think you can transfer one time. I would allow that with instant being able to play. But there's guys going three. There's one even the other day has been four schools in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just ridiculous. It's like uh, you wake up one morning, you don't want to go to practice. You don't like your coach. I'm going to quit and you know, I, I, I think guys should have an opportunity to go somewhere else, but let's not make it an annual thing. I mean, somebody said the other day, well, we've got free agency now. I go, no, you got worse than that. The NFL and the NBA have free agency, but you don't get to do it every single year, right? You don't get to look for the best offer every single year. Yeah. That's what we have in college football and basketball right now. We don't have that. The NFL has rules. They have tampering rules, uh, which, you know, we're supposed to have that now. But you think these kids don't get calls at the end of the year and go, hey, I saw you play against us. We'd love to have you. Here's what we're going to give you. And just put yourself in the transfer portal. You know, you're not even supposed to be able to talk to guys until they're already in the transfer portal. But it's kind of like, uh, oh, Florida State, right? People who don't pay much attention are like, well, where's Florida State going to go? They don't have any offers. Well, obviously they do, but you're not allowed to talk to them. If you're the SEC or the Big Ten, you're not allowed to talk to kids. You're not allowed to talk to uh, potential schools, you know, that are going to come to your conference. The rules have always been broken, guys. So even if we have rules, I don't know how well they're going to stick. <laughs> yeah, 
no, I, I totally agree. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, and I'm going to pass it back to, to Rasta, and he'll kind of finish up with you. Uh, the playoff system, uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. Do you like where it's at now? Do you like kind of where it's headed? And what, what, what do you think the right number of teams there would be and kind of the criteria how that should play out? Well, I, I've always said I'd like to go to 16. Mm. And with the Power 5, now Power 4, uh, the winner of the uh, their championship game get in. There's four of the 16 right there. Mm. And then you go down the, the list. Like, you know, like, there's going to be uh, maybe three schools in the SEC that are all rated ahead of the Big 12 winner. But the Big 12 winner gets in, and then you go, you know, at large, like you do in basketball and stuff like that. So I don't really see that being a problem. Obviously, it's going to change a little bit because we just went from P5 to P4. Not official yet, but that's the way it's going to be. So, you know, who, who's it going to be? I, I was kind of messing with uh, some Pac-12 people who weren't real nice to be on Twitter. I said, hey, there may be a year, guys, where they take – because they were talking about the top six-rated championship uh, teams, right? Hmm. Well, you know, people in the Pac-12 thought they were in because they're in the Power Five. No, you're not. If the uh, if Conference USA or Mountain West or some of those finished higher, their champion finished rated higher than yours, they're going to get in over yours. And uh, with USC going, I don't think they have enough star power to get in every single year. I totally agree. Man, thank you. I appreciate your time. Rasta, that's all I got. I'm going to pass it back. All right. All right. A couple more for you, man, and we'll get you up out of here for the night. Yeah. Uh, so we're recruiting guys. We cover recruiting through and through. Um, with this conference realignment going on, do you think that affects some schools recruiting, like let's say Florida State, Miami, you know, Clemson, who's in the ACC and limbo? They all know that, hey, they're not getting the, the same financial fund. As somebody like Rutgers, Vanderbilt, you know, um, I don't even know, somewhere, you know, some Big 12 school who's making good money as well. Um, do you think that affects recruiting at all? Or do you think, you know, this NIL plays more of a part? What do you, what do you take, what's your take on that? Well, NIL can make up for a lot of things. I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're a new coach and you take over a program that's been finishing one and 11 for the past 10 years, you got your work cut out for you, but if you got a couple millionaire buddy alumni, they can make up for that real quick because I think NIL now, obviously tradition and stuff like that, you know, blue bloods are going to get their players, but uh, yeah, NIL can make up for an awful lot of that. What did we see? Uh, we saw some kids last year making a million dollars playing in the uh, uh, traditionally uh, African-American schools, right? Jackson State, some of those schools. <laughs> And that was all, you know, when Jackson State beats Alabama because of NIL, you know something's up, right? So, yeah, that, that's going to continue to happen. Uh, if, if I were to predict the future, I'd be wrong because there are going to be so many changes going on. I think they're going to tighten up NIL a little bit, and I think they're going to tighten up uh, the transfer portal. You get one where you don't sit out, right? Because that sit-out year is a big deal. It used to be yeah. – that, that kept a lot of kids from leaving. When you can go right away and play somewhere, I mean, that changes the entire world. And then you add, obviously, NIL as an inducement. Uh, that's that's tough for that. The, the thing about college football that I always loved is now worse than the NFL as far as, like, free agency and things like that. Uh, 
you know, Oklahoma State, we've had a quarterback for three years. It was pretty good. Played, uh, played you guys in one of the bowls, what, two years ago? And I think he had a pretty good game. Now he's at Ole Miss, and he's not even going to start for his final year. So uh, that's that's what's weird about the transfer portal. I saw the other day it just kind of started closing up, and there are about 30% of them that are just going to quit college football and basketball because they didn't get picked up. So, I mean, it's definitely a double-edged sword. I'm hoping more kids get the word that, you know, it may not be a good idea to transfer if you don't already have a place to go, just like Florida State. It would not be a good idea next week to drop out and file suit if you don't already have a place to go. Obviously, intelligence tells us that Miami, Clemson, uh, Florida State, Virginia, all those teams already have a place to go. It's just not official. Yeah, seems like used to when when someone would go, you know, to a school on a football scholarship, there was something to getting that degree going four years. And, you know, you still come out, you get a nice job and you live a nice life. Now it's all about you got to be that All-American. You've got to get to the league. You've got to do all that. And they just keep taking their chances, all these spots trying to get there. And then when it doesn't pan out, you don't have anything. And it just seems like those priorities have changed a lot. From what I see. Well, and, and, and you asked about does it affect recruiting? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Last week, I got calls from two five star parents and a four star parent asking me about certain schools. Well, in this case, it was Oregon and Utah. And they're like, if what we're hearing and what we're reading on your Twitter page is true, that they're only going to get like maybe one game on linear TV a week. <laughs> and, you know, the school we're going to may not be on TV more than two or three times on regular TV where scouts would even watch them and yeah. tape it. I mean, yeah, it was it was getting there. And I put that out there like people have no idea that what I really do for a living is recruiting. Covering <laughs> the country alignment was just kind of a sideline, side right? So all these Oregon fans, you know, what are you doing talking to recruits? That's tampering. like – Guys, I've been doing this before you were born, so, you know, <laughs> give it up. Uh, yeah, and the parents call me. I don't call them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nah. So, I got one more, man, and it's kind of one I'm interested to see what you got to say. So, you've been doing this for a while. You've been watching college football for a while. What's one of either, like, the craziest or, like, something that's your favorite game day atmospheres that you've seen? Um. You know, I hate to almost say this because I'm an Oklahoma State guy, but Oklahoma really does it right. <laughs> that you walk into that place, you're intimidated. I, I would imagine uh, those players are hearing some words that I don't even hear in the stands, so or up in the press <laughs> box. Uh, you guys remember Les Miles? Yeah. Les, uh, our, when his kids were little and my kids were little, they played ball together. So I saw Les and Kathy quite a bit. <laughs> Les came over one day. I can't even remember what it was. Well, yeah, he was at one of my basketball tournaments. His son was playing. I think he was like second or third grade. He's a little kid. And Les and I were talking after the game. This young lady comes up, and I think she's just going to say thanks for the opportunity, like a lot of people say, something like that. She said, I just want to thank you all for effing my son. Only, uh, she, I, I'm like, what? She, these refs were terrible, blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, here's this cute little young lady. <laughs> I couldn't believe she was old enough to have a second grader. Les looked at me. I like. I said, "Have you ever seen anything that crazy?" He goes, "Oh yeah, we went to Norman last year, and there was this guy teaching his five year old how to spit on us and flip us off." <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can get pretty crazy over in Bedlam. So it's just one of those deals where yeah. I, but, but you go to Oklahoma and, and, and Miami's played there before, obviously back in the day when they were really good, that is a, a brutal place. Now, I've been going there for 45 years now for Bedlam games and other games, and they really bring it. It's going to be interesting to see how them in Texas do in the SEC because I think it's going to be a while before they have any success. I got one more for you, man, because you, you kind of brought something to my attention. So a lot of these robbery games have neutral sites now, right? Florida, Georgia, right. Jacksonville, you know, you got Texas, Oklahoma, that's in, in the Cotton Bowl. Those didn't used to be like that. Those used to actually have a home-at-home home some time ago. Do you like the neutral site every year, or would you rather them go back to, to the home-at-home, home, like, you know, series? Well, I'm a businessman, so I always go for the home crowd. Uh, you know, I, I know this because I've done Oklahoma State pregame shows forever at local restaurants, and I talk to a lot of my sponsors, and they're like, we really hate those 11 o'clock games. <laughs> what, we, what we want is those 6 o'clock kickoffs because people come in, start tailgating all day. They're, you know, they're pretty sauced after the game. They go buy a bunch of stuff and – or, you know, so I, I like home games and road games. I, as far as like games at Jerry World and uh, the Cotton Bowl and places like that with tradition, I wouldn't mess with tradition. And Oklahoma and Texas have had that game for about 100 years, the Cotton Bowl. And uh, obviously the w w Florida, Georgia, and the uh, world's largest cocktail party. And some of those are, are a lot of fun. Uh, I just – I like that – like, because did Alabama and Auburn, didn't they used to play at a neutral site, and, and now they're going back home and home. I just like home crowds. Now, the teams that really bring their people, and they'll have that opening game uh, over in the Washington, D.C. area to start off the season, and those are fine. But, yeah, g give me two teams that are playing uh, – that are rivals and playing on somebody's home turf. I, I would much rather have that, but once again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell anybody to take away a hundred years tradition either. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of the you know home and home, and you know you just I, I want to see the backyard brawl again. Um, you know, cause it's just like you said, man. Some of those traditions that we don't even get anymore. You know, Pitt in West Virginia. I wish that was on a yearly basis. You know, Pitt, Penn State. You know, different teams, Miami, and, you know, a lot of these, like Florida, we wish we could play them a lot more. Um, but I wish it was home at home, man. Every year, I wish that was, like, mandatory. You know, like, you got to play those those rivals. Um, but, man, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, before you go, let them know where to follow you, your website, uh, where they can listen to you, um, your, obviously their Twitter and everything that's going on with Conference Realignment. Um let, and then your YouTube, I don't know, uh, before you get started, they can go follow you. Man, you bring some of the best content in the game. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, our website's at gregswain.com, G-R-E-G-S-W-A-I-M, like in Mike, 
rhymes with aim, gregswaim.com. And you can find us on Twitter at G Swaim. I've got some other social media sites too, but I pretty much hang around on Twitter and I kind of like that format, but uh, yeah, football's getting ready to start. We've had so much helping us get through the summer that it's been a short summer, but I'm ready for some football. How about you guys? Oh, man, we're <laughs> 23 days for us. Not that I'm. Uh, there you go. Cap days. Not I love I'm it. Keeping up, yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, man. You have a good night, and we'll be in touch for sure. All right. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Thank for you. Sure, for sure. All right, man. Um, like you said, man, he's been doing it since 1988. Um, I follow him on Twitter a lot, man. That guy brings. Like, I, I wish I could put out content like that. I mean, that guy puts out a tweet every five minutes. Um, you know, one one of the best in the game. Obviously, he's got a lot of knowledge. Like he said, it's a side hustle to do, <laughs> do the realignment. He's more of a recruiting guy. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a pleasure to have him on. Pleasure, you know, to kind of get his side of, of how everything's going. Um, yeah, man. I was a great interview. I'm, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a little different than kind of what we normally do with, you know, recruiting and having recruits and prospects on. So, I kind of like, like change that up a little bit, man. Got do got a lot of knowledge, a little bit about everything. Like I said, there's so much going on now with conference realignment, NIL, transfers, just so much playoffs. There's so much you can talk about, and he seems to have, have a knowledge of, of a little bit about everything about the sport, so it's good to talk to a guy like that. Yeah, and, and you know, you get a different side. You know, you get mm-hmm. – he's an Oklahoma State guy, but he yeah. knows it well, and, you know, kind of Oklahoma and Texas, that's the big thing. Like he, he's everywhere. Um, so I'm definitely is, and then he brings knowledge on, you know, what he's hearing from parents, you know, as far yeah. as recruit, you know, and that's something like we don't really talk about a lot on here because, you know, we just talk to the young men, but hearing what parents ask questions, not to the coaches, not to the schools, but to like recruiting guys, like people that cover recruiting, you know, we have our own guys, you know, a ton of them that are our media that cover, you know, Miami, but there's a ton of them across the, the world, all right, the country that do this on a day to day, you know, it that you get a fresh insight on that, you know. Somebody that doesn't have to cover like just Miami. You get a guy that covers everything. Right. So hearing that, seeing what he got to say, man, I that kind of got me excited. I am ready for football. I am I'm definitely ready. Twenty two days in like three hours. <laughs> close, man. September 1st kickoff, and then on September 2nd, that same weekend, uh, somebody you know, a co-host of yours, has a birthday the day after kickoff. Mm-hmm. So that whole weekend, man, my wife's already getting a little bit nervous about that weekend. It's going <laughs> to be interesting around here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited. I am excited. I, got, I think August 26th, the first game of the year. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like five or six games, man. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, there's pretty – I was actually looking at that this morning because uh, I got some dudes, uh, some friends of mine, we're going to get together for that weekend, and we're kind of looking at what's going on. So I pulled up the schedule. There's a nice schedule. Like it you is. said, the 26th, that isn't weekend it? before is when it actually starts. Now you get that right. next weekend, and you really get some games going on. But uh, that, that weekend before, man, you can definitely get your feel for college football. It's back. Yeah, bro. And I want to do – we'll do an episode before the season – our season, not the football season, kick yeah. off. Um, because that week one got some big, big games, yeah. Florida, Utah, Florida State, LSU, Carolinas, um, LSU, yeah, like, oh, yeah, Carolina Carolina play. Play. 
And I think that game, I, I, I'll go ahead and talk about it now. I think South Carolina beats the dog crap out of North Carolina. I'm talking yeah. like 37 to 10 type stuff. Um, yeah. I think the North Carolina Heights is going to kind of die down. Not that they're a bad team. I've been right. watching their tape from last year. I mean, they got a lot of a lot of talent returning, but losing um, their OC, you know, who went in heading went somewhere else. Yeah, you know, losing their star wide receiver, and then the news today with uh, um, I forgot his last name, Tez Walker, I think it is the wide receiver. Oh yeah, he's they're appealing it, and that one I, I really do think. Hey, let the man like his first tra- transfer, quote unquote. Wasn't a transfer, like, yeah, like, come on, man. Man, went from like, I, I, I doubt it. Let the man play. Now, he's one of the top five play, like wide receivers in the country. That kid is elite. But if he don't get that waiver, bro, North Carolina's, I don't know if they're hurting, but that's losing the star power, bro. I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry about your luck. <laughs> sorry hey. about your luck. I hate it for the young man, but as far as those Tar Heels go. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Nah, but uh, we'll definitely cut. We'll have a show. We'll cover that because um, I'm I'm excited for the season. I expect big things from us, obviously, which we do every year. Always. Um, but uh, you know, it should be a fun year in football in general. Because Florida's probably going to win three games, and I'm gonna probably be losing my mind, ecstatic because I can't stand them. Um, but you know, we'll have a whole show on that. We'll have some fun. Um, I need I need I you keep I need you keep your phone on tomorrow. Yeah, well that's this this will this will play all, Friday. That's so. all I'm saying. I know, that's all I'm saying. Keep your phone on. It'll technically be yesterday because it's an Air Friday. So okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> but have your phone on yesterday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, but hey man, it was fun. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, appreciate everybody tuned in. If you're watching this on YouTube, please go subscribe to our podcast, um, whether it's Apple Pod, uh, Google Pod, Spotify, whatever you watch, um, listen to. Um, we want to get that up as well. So please go follow us, subscribe, like, share, whatever. Um, and then if you're on YouTube watching this, please hit the like button. Please go subscribe. Please follow. Um, we will be bringing a lot more content. We told you guys we were back. Coming. Um so it should be a good year, man. I'm ready. You ready? I don't think you're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> this Kool-Aid tastes a little different this year. Like I, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, it just does. I don't know. It just. I know we're always doing this and we're excited and we hopped up, but it just seems a little different. This year. Seems a little I told different. you stop measuring. You know, when you put sugar, in, you don't measure. You just pour. You know. I, and, I, and, and and ever since I took your advice. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm more hyped up and uh, and uh, and I'm I'm having to go to my dentist a little bit more than I used to. Got sugar eating my teeth up, but hey, if we win, it's worth it, man. I ain't worried. I don't think nobody can drink more uh, Kool Aid than Lex, though. Good lord, man, that boy's got a, got a sugar rush every day. <laughs> That's true. Hey, we appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Please hit that like button. We're yep. out. We'll be back full again next week with more. Um, so please stay tuned in. We will be back. It's all about you, baby.